Why is today special? Okay, so it's the eighth day of our Sukkot assembly. Where is Judy Spicker? How exactly do we pronounce that? Okay, so it's the culmination of a seven-day festival. So our joy should have increased over seven days. Is, is that correct? So I was thinking, I always love seeing pictures of particularly the Orthodox celebrating in Jerusalem, particularly the celebrations at the Western Wall. So I actually looked for some clippage of that, and I couldn't really find something that I thought was particularly appropriate. But if you can picture that in your mind, as I do, to me, that is just such a picture of joy, especially when you see all the men gathered, and they're worshiping, and they're waving their lulavs. And a lot of years ago, I know John and I have shared this before, but we had the opportunity to attend um, an ultra-Orthodox wedding in Brooklyn, right? The Bronx. And it was just a picture I will never forget, and the joy at that wedding feast. So that brings me to Leviticus. First, I'm going to go over Leviticus 23:40, which is why we're here today, why we're having a celebration, because the Lord commands us. And it says, And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days which is what we have been doing. That's why we have our beautiful sukkah. That's why we have constructed it as we have in accordance with the scripture. And that is why you have been told to bring your leafy branches this morning. So I felt to just do a quick little review of rejoicing because we're called to rejoice for seven days. So it's always good to start with a definition, right? The definition of rejoicing, an instance, occasion, or expression of joy. So presumably at a wedding, people are very joyful at the union of a new couple. Um, an action of one that rejoices. That is us. We're, we're not just rejoicing in our minds. We're not just rejoicing with our words. We're rejoicing with our whole selves before the Lord. For some, it might just look verbal. Some includes dancing, but rejoice, rejoicing before the Lord. So interestingly, I did not know this. Maybe you all did. The first place in scripture that uses the word rejoices is right here in Leviticus 23. And then you know where the last place is in scripture? Anybody want to guess? Revelation. It's in Revelation 19.7, where it says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his, her bride, his, and his bride has made herself ready. So you see the beginning, which is where we are, and we look forward to the end with the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, I've been thinking about this. I cannot, honestly, I can't even picture what that's going to look like. Anything I think we can picture, we can't even 
begin to imagine what that might look like. But we see glimpses here and there, correct? Whether in personal circumstances, in our own worship, in a corporate worship, we see little snippets of what perhaps that might look like someday. But then I got thinking, okay, we have Leviticus and we have Revelation, but there's everything in between. And there's over 150 scriptures on rejoicing, and that wouldn't even include the word joy. But um, I thought we could look at a few, just a few. So in Second Chronicles 20, 27, it reads, Then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. So that's an instance where we can learn to rejoice, is in the middle of our battle, until we see the victory, right? They finally rejoiced when they saw the victory. Another time when we um, rejoice is such as in Nehemiah 12:43, where we can rejoice if we do what the Lord commands and we complete his personal assignment for us, such as they were taught to, told, commanded to build the wall. They built the wall, and it says in Nehemiah, on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. So we apply that to ourselves. When we get those victories of we've done what God has commanded us to and we've completed our assignment. Another time we rejoice pretty much every day is like it states, states in Psalm 13:5, we rejoice because the hope of our salvation. It says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. We rejoice like in Psalm 96, 13, where it says, we, we re, well, we rejoice because the Lord is a righteous judge. It states in the scripture, let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will ju judge the world in righteousness and the people in faithfulness. So it doesn't matter what our circumstances is. It doesn't matter our perspective we can always go back to the scripture and say, I can rejoice because ultimately the Lord is the righteous judge and he's a fair judge and he fights for us, correct? We rejoice because of the provision of his word in Psalm 119.74. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me for I have put my hope in your word. In Zephaniah 3.17, we rejoice because the Lord rejoices over us. It states, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So sometimes that's a little bit of a hard concept to understand, but if we can just take it at face value and accept that the Lord is rejoicing over us. Even though sometimes we can't see it, we might not hear it, we may not feel it, but if we just accept it, that the Lord is rejoicing over us, and in due time, 
that will be apparent to us in our circumstance. Now it tells, you in, it tells us in Matthew 5.12 that we're supposed to rejoice in persecutions. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you something we cling to right in the midst of whatever persecution we're facing we cling to that scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 6 we rejoice because of truth it states love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth in Philippians 14 we rejoice simply because we know the Lord and we know that he is near it reads, rejoice in the Lord always. I believe John stated that this morning. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, we rejoice because we are commanded to, not just in Leviticus, but throughout scripture. It reads, rejoice always and pray continually. In 1 Peter 1, 5 through 7, we rejoice because God is working in us. And I read, though through faith, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, for now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor where Yeshua is revealed. So again, it's hard sometimes, many times. I know many of you have persevered through great trials but we do take a measure of comfort knowing that we're being refined as gold. John also made mention, we did not compare notes, from Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, we rejoice even when everything does not go as we planned. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And I thought of the concept of planning. You know, whoever had this scenario, they planned on a harvest, which, talks, which speaks to me of the idea, you know, we can make, We'd be foolish not to make plans, right? We'd be foolish not to have an expectation. We'd be foolish not to try to order our lives in some way, shape, or form. We don't want to just sit back, oh, God will provide, oh, you know. We have to have a plan. But we also, in the midst of our plan, have to recognize it may not go as we plan. But we rejoice anyway. In Proverbs 16, 1 through 3, we rejoice because God's plans are better than our plans. And it reads, to humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. 
as a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. But we know that at any point, he can change our plan. And I am going to read all of Isaiah 55, 6 through 13, because I, I see all of the idea of we have a plan, God can change our plan, but we're still required to rejoice. So we read in Isaiah 55, 6 through 13, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. As to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without water in the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish that I desire, that which I desire, and achieve the purpose for which I send it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown. So in the midst of acknowledging that his ways are not our ways, it states that we will go out in joy. So the one other thing which I didn't have in my notes, but I thought of since is we're also commanded to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So that will be part of our rejoicing this morning is praying for and mourning for the people of Israel and not just the people of Israel. I think of all the people of Hamas. You know, there's so many innocent people. It's innocent people everywhere for the sake of a power struggle. So many people's lives are being upturned. So Marge is going to come up and um, lead us in intercession right now.